There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped at 10th and Ranch Microvisor. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. everyone and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, a 27-year veteran of the NYPD. Folks, we've been following this Ruby Frankie case and Jody Hildebrandt, and today they had a a bail hearing. And we know how serious this case is. You know, uh, it seems that these two... Uh, Ruby Frankie and Jody Hillebrand had run this YouTube channel that was apparently doing extremely well. However, many people had reported some bad goings on here, specifically in way in ways the children were being treated. Um, the husband apparently left the fold approximately a year ago. I don't think that totally exonerates him from liability here. Uh, and we, we're yet to see. They were in the hearing today. The judge says no bail for YouTubers, child abuse suspects Ruby Frank and Jody Hildebrandt. Uh, both of them, Ruby Frank, uh, known as the YouTube mom and the creator of Eight Passengers Family Lifestyle Vlog. She's being accused of felony child abuse and held without bail, the judge just ruled today. Her business partner, uh, Jody Hillebrand, who was arrested in the same case, is also being held without bail. They were arrested on August 30th at Hildebrandt's home in Ivan's after one of Frankie's children showed up at a neighbor's house asking for food and water according to the police probable cause affidavit. The boy uh, reportedly had evidence of being bound with duct tape and rope and was transported to the hospital with a younger sibling, both of whom were found to be malnourished. Frankie's other minor children were taken into state custody. A Utah Division of Family and Child Services hearing was held Thursday to determine where the children would be placed. Due to it involving juveniles, the hearing was not made available to the local media. The hearing was delayed by more than a half hour at one point. There was a lot of people waiting online to to watch this hearing live. Uh, Jail documents showed that she had been moved from a holding cell where she'd be joining the proceedings remotely and into the medical block at Purgatory Correctional Facility. Uh, So Previous reports, eight passengers' mom, business partner who founded counseling program, they were arrested in a child abuse case. Uh, the teenage children of the Utah mom charged with abuse found in good condition. Uh, here's what's next for the Utah Utah mom and the business partner. Um, they'll be having a, a hearing. I, I believe in the next hearing will be on September 21st in which they will be requesting bail. There's a good potential that at that point, uh, 
they will be receiving bail. Uh, they will be bailed out. Um, worse people, I guess, get bailed out than, than these two. Uh, both Frankie's and Hildebrandt's YouTube content, much of which featured the two of them together offering parenting, pa parenting and family advice, were removed from the platform by YouTube in the days following their arrests. So there's many things that are extremely disturbing about this case. And one of the things, of course, is the amount of time that it took for the authorities to react to this. There was many, many, many reports involving this case. Uh, and it took, it took a long time, again, for them to react. A and I wonder... What was the politics behind that? With child abuse, Ruby Frankie is set to appear in court today, and we're now hearing the 911 call that led to her arrest. Kena Whitworth is here with more. Good morning, Kena. Hey, Rebecca, good morning. That call was one that an officer I spoke with said gave him the goosebumps because they had sounded the alarm about a problem in that home last year after several concerning phone calls were made to the Department of Children and Family Services. Nine, I'm on the address of your emergency. This morning, ABC News obtaining the dramatic 911 call that led to the arrest of YouTube influencer Ruby Frankie on child abuse charges. Tell me exactly what's happened. I just had a 12-year-old boy show up here at my front door asking for help. And he's uh, said he just came from a neighbor's house and he's emaciated. He's got tape around his legs. He's hungry and he's thirsty. A neighbor alerting authorities when police say Ruby's 12-year-old son showed up at their front door pleading for help. The boy's condition bringing the neighbor to tears. He has duct tape around each ankle. Yeah, there's sores around him. Oh, and he has them around his ankles. I mean, his wrists as well. Okay, this boy has been... <laughs> this kid has always been... I think he's been... He's been detained. He's been. Listen to how upset the neighbor is upon finding this boy. And obviously, it must have been horrific that he's on the phone with 911 and he's this upset in reporting this to the police. He's obviously covered in wounds. Dispatchers sending authorities to the Utah home of Frankie's business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, also arrested last week there. Authorities say. They found Frankie's 10-year-old daughter emaciated as well. You know there's been problems at this neighbor's house. Frankie, known for her controversial parenting methods on YouTube. I'm not even going to let you eat breakfast until you get your chores done. ABC News has obtained records showing police responded to the Frankie's home more than a dozen times over the last few years. You know, folks, that in itself is extremely disturbing. A police responding to the house 12 times. What was the results of the investigations to these responses? And I'm not going to criticize the police here. I just tell you how do we do it in New York City. Every time we even get a, a 911 report of a suspected family dispute, an allegation of child abuse, a complaint report must be generated. Whether it's just unfounded or not, there still must be a complaint report generated and with all of these instances of all these reports, you know, the old expression, where there's smoke, there's fire.
including reports of juvenile problems in 2018 and welfare checks in 2022. Police saying a judge denied a search warrant to go into the home. When you hear that as law enforcement, and you know that a year ago, efforts were made, what's your reaction? That's not right. It's unfair. These children don't deserve that. Now I'm told that the 10 and 12 year old had to be taken to the hospital. Right now, DCFS is in charge of their placement along with the other two children who are minors. Remember, they also have two adult children and you guys, authorities tell me that one of them indeed made multiple calls to DCFS herself warning about a problem. Yeah, seemed like a lot of this could have been avoided. Kana, thank you. So folks, that, you know, there's been landmark cases and the reason in New York City and big cities like that, that there is such caution with this is because we've learned from experience. When we don't respond and do a proper investigation and get to the bottom of this, uh, people die, kids die. And that's inexcusable, inexcusable. And th there was, I want to show another thing where there's, there was multiple reports of all of these different responses to this location. And again, Nothing was done. In addition, you can even read on online and read between the lines of all the people that have reported these people, you know, Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt, and nothing was done. Past interactions with police and some of the podcasts she and her business partner have already produced. And Daniel Woodruff joining us live in Utah County with that part of the story tonight, Daniel. Yeah, the Eight Passengers YouTube channel has been removed, but podcasts featuring both Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt are still online. We listened to them today, some of them, and found episode after episode featuring advice about parenting and children. You're the mother and she is the child. This is not a relationship where you you trust her. That That's not your job as a mother. In fact, your job as a mother is to constantly be scrutinizing her, to constantly be judging her choices against principles. That's Ruby Frankie speaking on a podcast late last year for Connections, a life coaching platform founded by her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Both women are now charged with aggravated child abuse. Frankie became famous on the YouTube channel Eight Passengers. Two News has been looking into past interactions she had with police. Records show law enforcement received more than a dozen calls to two homes over several years. But Springville police told Two News incident reports were not created for a majority of them. Some of those calls Ruby Frankie made herself, reporting she was being harassed. But in September 2022, her oldest daughter called police, worried about her siblings, who she said had been left at home alone for days. Police responded and said they saw the kids through the windows, but they wouldn't answer the door. They all That is not okay on the behalf of the police. They saw them. They have a report that young children being left alone for days upon days, they go to the house, the kids won't come to the door, so they walk away. No, you're the popo. You are the police. You do not walk away from a situation like that. And I will tell you, I would, as the boss, if I was the boss on the scene, guess what I'm doing? Knock on the door, open the door. Is the police, you don't open the door, we're taking the door. And I would, I'd boom the door. 
and I try to do as little damage as possible and get maybe emergency service to use that hydraulic tool that just separates the uh, the door from the hinge and uh, or, or breaks the lock. And we're going in because there was a potential that these kids were in imminent danger. Imminent danger. That's the word you use. And you can preclude a search warrant. I don't need the judge to write a search warrant on the authority of my shield from the NYPD, all right, or any sergeant. I felt there was imminent danger. What judge is going to say, oh, you had no right to do that? They had every right to do that, and they should have done that on these occasions. They're getting a call from a from a sibling. Listen, my, my young brothers and sisters have been left alone. Who knows if they had anything to eat? Well, look at the condition they were found. This boy, the, the boy that this whole thing was generated from. You boom the door, and 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 again, shame on the Utah police for not doing that. Also said, neighbors outside expressed concern about the children and that they would contact the Utah Division of Child and Family Services. Now, I did reach out today to one of those neighbors who was named chiefly in that complaint from last September, but I have not heard back from her yet. I also reached out today to DCFS, but haven't heard anything from them either at this point. Live in Utah County, Daniel Woodruff. You know, folks, one of the things that I have to, and I said it the last time I did this same topic with Melanie Little was on the show with me. And um, I said that, there's a reason. There's a, a reason why nothing was done here. And in my mind, it could be a few things. It could have been that there was some intimidation in regards to the wealth of these people, the notoriety of these people. Perhaps it was religiously involved and in that it was to be taken care of by the, uh, by the church and not by the police. We see those kind of things, uh, happening all the time. We see that happening in New York within certain certain religions. In the, for example, in the Hasidic uh, Jewish religion, the Grand Rebbe, they want everything to be handled in-house with that. And even when it thwarts or goes against New York state law. And so I'm thinking that potentially could that have happened here or something like that here? This is a horrific situation. Uh, just, you know, when you see, first of all, what skills and what credentials did Ruby Frankie have to be giving parental advice to anyone? What she did she have a, a, a license? Did she have an MSW? Was she a licensed therapist? I think not. So why would people take advice from her? It's baffling to me. It's like it's like when I see cops go on uh, go on YouTube and ask for financial advice from other cops. That's the very per worst people on earth you can ask for financial advice from. I said, dude, go call an accountant. Go call in a financial advisor. Don't ask other cops. They don't know anything. That's why they're in the same boat you're in, you know? Eve has been amazingly well-behaved for being in town. Why you like... yell at me? <laughs> Shh. The fact that I yell at my kids is a secret. We don't want our viewers to know. That never happens in my house. I never yell. A Utah YouTuber who claimed to offer help to parents in raising children. She seems evil. I don't know. Uh, you know, is people still use that word evil? She seems evil to me.
defended her treatment of her own children. Now she's charged with child abuse as her oldest daughter asked the public for help in gathering evidence and neighbors say they've been concerned for a long time. Welcome to Law and Crime Sidebar Podcast. I'm Anjanette Levy. Here's where she documented her family's life. That page shut down, and with her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, she was running a new channel called Connections. Frankie's oldest daughter, Sherry Frankie, is in college and estranged from her mother. She posted on Instagram about being relieved by her mom's arrest, stating, finally, and asking people to help collect evidence about connections. Here's a clip of a video that Ruby Frankie posted on Facebook. After she entered her daughter's school, she was pretty upset after they were having the kids do a flash mob. I am so upset. I am so angry. I could scream. And I had an appointment with the principal. I said, I have a concern about about the TikTok dances. And she said, she said every, um, she said in the fall semester and in the spring semester, we need to have a performance. A flash mob is a great way to get it in. It's efficient, it, the kids love it, they have fun with it. And um, they are able to check off their performance for their grade. I said, my problem is the choice of songs. And she says, well, all the songs were approved by me. And she says, well, what's moral for you isn't going to be moral for other parents. You know, you're complaining about this song, but I've got 30 other parents that just think it's wonderful. And I said, it's what's moral according to God. Joining me to discuss the allegations. That's unbelievable. Is that something to get that upset about? The song choices? And uh, I mean, she looked like you know, in New York City, we call it an EDP, an emotionally disturbed person. That's what she looked like to me there. There's Bobby Chacon, the great FBI agent who's been on my show. In this story uh, is somebody who has investigated a lot of crimes. He's also a lawyer, retired FBI agent Bobby Chacon. Bobby, welcome back to Sidebar. Thanks for coming on. Great to be back. Thank you. Bobby, what are your first impressions of this case? I can't believe it. it. It's not totally shocking given the stuff that we cover, but we have somebody uh, who's Mormon, who professes to be a religious person, offering parenting advice. And now police are saying she's really a child abuser. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, the first thing that I thought of was the case that we had in the last couple of years here in California that not far from me with the more than a dozen children kept in that house. Um, you remember they range from small children to large, some chain to the bed, things like that. Um, that's really what came finally. Yeah, the term and the long-term abuse, like the systematic long-term abuse that these children are being basically raised under. And, um, you know, then when I saw the reporting of this case, and, and thank God that some of the neighbors um, kept at it. They, they apparently called the authorities a number of times. Um, they did welfare checks. They just kind of... Um, Check the boxes, I think. They left paperwork on the door because no one answered, and then they left. But, um, you know, one of the neighbors I saw said, you know, we were just hoping that this didn't end in, like, those kids being brought out of that house in body bags, uh, you know, which could happen. And so, you know, I lived in Utah for a while, and um, those are very close-knit communities. Um, I lived in Salt Lake, but the sub suburbs of Salt Lake are these small little towns that all kind of are very enclavish, and everybody knows each other, looks out for each other. Um, you know, and, and it really treats each other well. And I think when you have somebody, you know, who he in this case was not treating their children well, 
um, it became very known to the neighbors. Um, you know, my first impression was, you know, like one of those neighbors reported, I'm, I'm glad it got resolved or hopefully resolved before, you know, there was any, you know, any deaths of some of those children. It seems like this has gone on for a long time. It's not as if, you know, everything's hunky-dory and you just one day wake up and start abusing your children. You know, folks, that's what concerns me the most about this case is that this has been going on for a long time. At one point, Ruby Frankie had almost two and a half million, million with an M, million subscribers on her YouTube channel. Besides the fact that that's a huge, huge amount, I don't know of anyone that I know that has two and a half million, and I then at some point it was two million. Not only is it a, a gigantic amount of subscribers or followers, but it's big, big dollars, big bucks she was making. And I, one of the things that also I think is disarming, she's an attractive a woman, and. You know, you might say, oh, that has a, it has a lot to do with it. She, because of that, maybe she disarms people with her looks. But when you start to talk to her, you can see there's some psychosis there, you know. And I have a problem, just like Bobby Chacon here and, and Gannett Levy. What took so – and people were reporting this. They were reporting it to Child Protective Services. They're reporting DCFS, they call it in Utah. They were reporting it to the police. What took so long? And as Bobby Chacon said, we're lucky that none of these kids were taken out in body bags because that really could have happened. This went on far too long. And where was the husband? Does he get a free pass in this? I say no. I say no. But of course, right now, he has his own attorney too. And he's going to probably be, be difficult to interview and get a hold of. But I don't think he gets a pass either. Did he have no idea that this was going on? How about even just the abuse of making the kids go on this YouTube show? I I mean, you think they wanted to have all their business put out all around the world? You know, there's child protective laws, even, you know, like you talk about child actors that whose parents may um, may make them work. Lula Morocco is, uh, is back. I haven't seen him in a while. Lou, it's great to have you back. Hello, Bill. How is Frankie speaking about molesting incest pertaining to her own children in a juvenile courtroom? Neighbors' children being molested, every level violated. CPS, where are you? You know, Lou, I am asking that very question. And we will find out as this case proceeds the scope, the absolute scope of this abuse. How far did it go? How deep did it go? But in my mind, something was covering this up. Something was not allowing this to get to the authorities and for the authorities to act because it took too damn long for them to act on this information. No, this is a systematic thing. This is a, this is, and, and the really bizarre point about this case is she apparently was part of some parenting group um, that mm -hmm. had an Instagram page and was kind of active on social media and YouTube and stuff. And people were kind of disturbed by some of the behavior that they could actually see. So, she made, as opposed to the case in California, which was very hidden, people never saw those children. Here, in this case, you know, she was actually on YouTube putting videos out where people were like, I don't think you should, you know, withhold food from children as a, as a reward slash punishment type of system. 
and apparently she was doing some of that and 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 putting it out there as a parenting strategy on on her channels and on her social media and so people were you know kind of getting upset about that apparently last year she kicked her husband out of the house and and things kind of spiraled even worse she has this business partner in this parenting um uh business uh and apparently she was spending more time with that person longer periods away from the house where at least one of the children was wandering around the neighborhood looking for playmates knocking on doors um and so all of this you know really kind of came to a head um you you hope you the hope is that social services gets on these things quicker um some of the children were malnourished it takes a while to become malnourished um and that's again what you talk about to your point it's that this this was going on for quite some time this was a systematic um behavior pattern um that was you know going on and you know could have ended much more tragically the oldest don't we owe it to children to react much quicker than this this is not okay uh cheryl thank you so much for the 699 super sticker thank you for speaking up for the real victim sergeant bill you're very welcome and i feel it's my privilege to do so and i want to also thank uh Lula Morocco for rejoining the um, Police Off the Cuff family. Folks, if you're not subscribed to us, anyone who's in the chat that's a regular subscriber, regular member here, old-timer to the show, put a one in the chat. If you're brand new to the show, put a two in the chat so we can identify you and say, why are you not subscribed? But put a two, one in the chat if you're an old-timer with the Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories, and two if you're brand new to the show and then we'll get you to subscribe. Yeah. I, I find it like, these are the worst cases. Um, as you guys know, my last 10 years in the NYPD, I was a Sergeant in um, Manhattan North homicide squad. And I went to far too many baby murders, uh, kid murders, children murders, two-year-olds, five-year-olds from child abuse and this type of thing. And before it gets to that, there should be the community, the mandatory reporters, neighbors, people of good conscience that report it to the police, report it to the Bureau of Child Welfare. And in this case, as uh, Bobby Chacon said, the FBI agent on this show, it takes a long time to become malnourished. So think of the the, the torturous hunger pains these kids went through. And while they have this smiling mother who looks like she could be on the cover of a magazine and it belies who she really is in her soul. This daughter of Ruby Frankie, Sherry, posted on Instagram over the weekend and she was asking the public to look for information, evidence related to the YouTube channel, the Connections YouTube channel, not the eight passengers one. She said, we're, we're aware of most of that stuff, but we're looking for evidence related to the Connections YouTube channel specifically. And so Sherry Frankie is in college now. She's away from home and probably, I'm assuming, may have contacted authorities, but she was almost breathing a sigh of relief in some of these messages that she posted on her Instagram story, basically saying, finally, something is happening. She's 20 years old. Yeah, and I know people have the reaction of, you know, well, why didn't she stop it sooner? She's an adult, and she's been an adult for several years. You know, as you get into 16, 17, 18-year-old, 
you got to remember, if this is a long-term systematic behavior pattern, these children have been raised, um, almost brainwashed to You know, Bobby Chacon hit it on the head, and you hear us use the term Stockholm Syndrome. And Stockholm Syndrome came from the, the crime of kidnapping. And it happened, of course, in Stockholm. And that's how the syndrome was named after a kidnapping that occurred in Stockholm. And there's a mental state of mind that occurs after a while with kidnapping victims where they identify with their captors and they will actually help their captors in, the, in their the captors' endeavors against their best interest. But it's a mental condition in the same way that these kids probably identified with their mother who was abusing them and potentially the father too. He doesn't get off scot-free. And of course, Jody Hildebrandt, who's also in jail right now for the same crime. So Bobby Chacon is saying the same exact thing almost. Yes, it's a, it's, he didn't say it's, it's a form of Stockholm syndrome. He didn't say that, but he was saying the same thing without saying that. Except this type of behavior, you know, children learn what they live, right? Is an old phrase. And it's like, you know, they don't, uh, oftentimes when, when people abuse children long-term like this, they don't allow the children to know what proper behavior is, what proper parenting is. Um, and, and so they don't know any different. This is the way they've been raised. And, and so I think that people have to keep in mind that, you know, as this probably this young person probably left the world of that home and got into college and got away from that influence, you know, then it starts to become more clear how bizarre and how improper um, that behavior was that she was raised under. And so I think that, you know, I, I think we should give all of those. I mean, this person is a victim, right? This 20 year old college student is a victim. And I think we should give them all of the leeway and all of the help that they need, um, uh, you know, to, to kind of recover from this. And thank God that she did that and, and now is helping some of the young, younger uh, siblings. You said something really interesting there that, you know, people do what they learn and what they're taught. I would assume if these allegations are true, that Ruby Frankie may have witnessed this behavior in her own childhood, possibly had the same treatment, uh, even though you grow up and maybe you get out of the house and you realize, oh, this, that wasn't right. You know, folks, exactly what she's talking about in many of these cases, whether it's child abuse or essay, uh, the abused sometimes and a lot of times becomes the abuser as they get older. And that just happens to be a statistical fact. And it's a horrible thing, but it does, uh, it does occur that the abused becomes the abuser later on in life. And it's a, a vicious cycle of this thing. Maybe she knew no other way, and maybe she was duct taped to the wall, and maybe she had food withheld from her. But at some point, you know you're eating food and you're healthy. So, I mean, it, there's a weird kind of dynamic going on there. There's also a generational uh, thing that happens, too. Like, you know, um, you're right. The, the abused often becomes an abuser, um, you know, and I don't know the statistics on that, but it's not uncommon for someone that was abused to know that kind of behavior pattern and then carry it on as the abuser later in their life. Um, but, you know, a generation ago, two generations ago, um, social services wasn't as active. We didn't have social media to kind of give us all the information that we now have. Um, hopefully there, there are more and better 
uh, avenues for, you know, victims like this to get the help that they need. But, you know, I know one or two generations ago, which is not that long, um, people tolerated this. People looked the other way. Neighbors said that's not our, any of our business, uh, things like that. I, I mean, I, my grandmother was raised in a very, very abusive household and then married an abuser and, and was married to him for 50 years and never, you know, called the police on him. And never. that's just not what you did back then, right? You handled it in, inside the family. And so as these generations have progressed and social services has kind of, you know, look, I know social services is overwhelmed and underfunded all the time, um, but there, there's more outreach now, I think, and neighbors, I think the more we publicize stories like this and they see these types of things in the media, the more neighbors are like, I have to say something. I have to make a phone call. You know, folks, and we also have to remember there, is, there are mandatory mandatory reporters in our society and that includes police that includes teachers that includes uh doctors emergency room workers social workers by mandatory i mean that if they don't report it and they get caught not reporting it there are ramifications to that and bobby chacon who was the fbi agent just talking he hit he hit it on the head that social services in every city in this country are overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed with too many cases. They're overwhelmed with low pay. They want them to be miracle workers, yet they don't pay them enough money, just almost like school teachers. They don't get paid enough. But social workers, you know, they may have 200 cases. How can they possibly do a good job with that amount of cases? So were there shortcuts made? Yeah. And the only time these cases get this type of attention is when something horrific happens, like here, like a malnourished boy with duct tape and cuts into his legs and his arms from, from rope and things like that. Just horrific. So luckily, as Bobby Chacon said, they weren't taken out in body bags. And they got to this quicker than... than Hope you know it could have been much sooner because I'm baffled as to why, with all these calls and oh, she's putting out into the world her mothering techniques, which are all abusive mothering techniques. It's like providing evidence to your future arrest. I have to do something uh, to help these children because you know, if I don't, we are going to see them carried out of that house in body bags. Definitely. If you see something that you think is not right, speak up, especially when it comes to children. Bobby, put your lawyer hat on now. Um, you know, you're a retired FBI agent, obviously, but as an attorney, how do you defend this woman if these allegations are indeed true? I'm, I'm saying this because it sounds pretty, pretty uh, damning that you have a child who's malnourished walking around, but she is innocent until proven guilty, along with Jody Hildebrandt, her business partner. Well, absolutely. I mean, look, and, and I'm kind of torn by some of these things because I'm a big believer in parents' rights. I don't believe a lot of these other cases that have disturbed me recently are school systems and school districts and teachers um, doing things to children or advising children without parents' consent or without parent knowledge. Um, so I'm a big believer that parents have, you know, the paramount responsibility and rights to raise their children the way they see fit. However, obviously, in cases like this, when they cross the line, when you said they duct taped, you know, and, and malnourished and things like that. I mean, obviously these things cross the line, but as an attorney, you know, 
I, I hate, I, it's really hard to put a defense attorney cap on me because I spent so much time on the other side. Um, but, but I, you know, at some point, this is parenting, right? I, I have a, you know, the right to spank my child if I want. I have a right to do, you know, certain things the way I see fit. I think it's going to be, it, it could be a defense strategy, could be to, to raise that kind of thing. Now, I don't believe that should be successful in this case. I'm just saying that that could be a theory that, look, parenting should ultimately re reside with the parents. And um, and I, I think that I would try to to do that and, and downplay some of the horrific evidence in this case, like the evidence of duct tape and like the malnourishment, which is hard to hard to explain away. It's not only that the duct tape and the malnourishment, but also there's the fact that the police have been there on so many other. They've responded. Child welfare has responded to this location. That's evidentiary. That is like uh, very powerful evidence. Like, and the the other point is is that all her videos. There's proof in those videos that she's an abusive woman, that she's very abusive. So, tough a tough thing. You know, I don't think most of us here are really caring about what her defense is going to be. We're just happy that she was caught and and held accountable for this before one of these children, as Bobby Chacon said, wound up in a body bag. This is a disturbing story that a lot of people are talking about. So let's get you up to speed. There is big news in the YouTube world this week. Mommy influencer Ruby Frankie is officially charged with six counts of felony child abuse. Last week, one of her children climbed out of a window and ran to a neighbor's house for help. That is according to a probable cause affidavit. Police found her children malnourished, one of them covered in duct tape with open wounds. The family's YouTube channel has long triggered concerns from viewers over her strict parenting style. That channel has now been deleted by YouTube. And it is just the tip of the iceberg as the family vlogging industry is coming under serious fire these days. NBC's internet culture reporter, Callan Rosenblatt, has been covering the story for weeks Take us to the beginning, okay? Who is this woman? Where did this come from? So Ruby Frankie is a family YouTuber who is based in Utah. What is a family YouTuber? Somebody who tells their life story on YouTube to try to give you parenting advice and they build a business out of it. They get yep. sponsorships. Yep, they, they get sponsorships. They show you their kids, their parenting style, um, maybe products that they use or suggestions on how you could best parent your kids. And that's an industry, as you mentioned, that's come under serious fire because it's been accused of exploiting children, of taking advantage of children and using children to profit. And that's a concern that was here with Ruby Frankie. Ruby Frankie was accused of abusing her children. People uh, would be, get concerned over uh, videos in which she claimed that she withheld food from her children. She made one child sleep on a beanbag for seven months because she took his bedroom away as a punishment. And now we're finding out that neighbors have been calling Child Protective Services on her for a long time. I even spoke with one woman who called Child Protective Services, said they did a wellness check, nothing ever happened, and they are just relieved that these kids did not come out of that house in body bags. That is crazy. Okay, and, and so during this, so, so there's been months and months and months of criticism, yet YouTube left it up there. Have they given an answer as to why? Yeah, so YouTube told me in a statement that effectively they have removed the channel because it did violate the terms of service and that Ruby Frankie can never again access YouTube. However, 
This channel was removed a few months ago. She was working with another woman who's also been arrested on child abuse charges on another channel called Connections. That channel was just removed by YouTube, and they said it is because of these charges that were brought of the arrests that happened last week. You know, folks, someone said in the chat, um, I want, and not, I'm not, this is not verbatim, and I'm not going to call out the person, but I wonder if it took YouTube a little while to remove them since they were making so much money. They had 2 million subscribers. You think that had anything to do with how fast or how slow it took them to remove their channel? Um, I'm just throwing it out there. What do you guys think? You, th you think that if I did something like that, how fast I would be gone? You know, if I said something as egregious as the conduct that they were exhibiting on their show and it took that long to, for them to lose their channel. So many things about this case are bad in how long it took to let's save these children, you know, let's save the children here because the reports, the police response, all of them were subpar, you know, and you could say, oh, who am I to point? I I'm just telling you the way things should be done. I would never ever go to someone's home and an allegation of alleged child abuse, knock on a door, hear kids inside, and as a police officer, do nothing and walk away. I can kick it up to the next level. And to me, the next level is if the kids won't open the door, obviously they've been told don't open the door no matter what. What if one of the kids has a serious injury? Or in this case, they were malnourished. How are you going to tell that unless you do a proper investigation? So I, as a boss on the scene, as I said before, I'm booming that door. I'm taking the door. If they won't open the door for me, I'm opening it, opening the door forcibly. And I have the right to do that when there's something called imminent danger, which I would articulate quite well that I felt the kids were in imminent danger to their life, to their well-being. And that is why I took the door without a search warrant. Does anyone have a problem with that? I don't think, I think not. I think there's not a judge on this earth would say, oh, Sergeant, you violated their rights. Oh, really? Was it their rights or was it the, the fact that they could lose their life uh, if I didn't take proper action? You know, I remember one time I got a call and they said, oh, this woman took a, an overdose of drugs. That was the call, right? So I get to the scene. Of course, no one's opening the door because potentially she could be unconscious, right? So we're looking in and uh, and all my, my cops are trying to convince me, Sarge, don't worry about it. She's, uh, you know, she probably didn't do it. She went to sleep or whatever. I said, no. I'm not leaving here. So what did I do? I boomed the door, and guess what? We saved her life. She was unconscious. And had I not taken the door, she would probably die because she had taken the, the overdose already. But because we did proper police action and went that extra step, like should be done or should have been done in this case and wasn't, you know, luckily, look, the worst that happened to these kids are they going to, of course, suffer mental abuse and uh, malnourishment and that type of thing. But in time, they will get better and they'll heal from this. But sometimes you don't get a second chance.
that is now bringing light to these channels and is the reason that YouTube has removed them. However, fans have been concerned for a long time and viewers have been raising concerns for a long time. And they also want to know, why didn't YouTube step in sooner with this Connections channel? Her sisters have now spoken out about these charges. What are they saying? Her sisters have effectively said that they're happy that the children have gotten help, that, you know, they did everything within their power legally to help. And we have a lot of questions about what does that mean? What does it mean? Did you try to get these children help? They're not speaking out beyond those statements. There was a YouTube video that one of the sisters posted. It has since been deleted. We don't know why it's been deleted, but people want answers as to why not only did the family not step in, did CPS not step in, when these allegations and these, um, these issues have been on YouTube for years that Ruby Frankie in her own words was posting these things to YouTube. Why didn't anyone step in sooner, especially when neighbors were furious about the treatment? Have we heard from her? What is she saying? Ruby has not made a statement yet. She is still in custody. She has a uh, pretrial hearing tomorrow, along with uh, what I believe is her co-defendant, Jody Hildebrandt. Jody Hildebrandt, again, also charged with uh, child abuse charges. Of course, that pretrial hearing was today. The judge denied both of them bail. They returned back to court on September 21st. At that point, uh, they probably will be issued bail with lots of conditions. I'm sure they will not be able to go near, uh, or at least jo Ruby will not be able to go near her children, nor will uh, Jody. They're not her children, but she will not be able to go near them either because they are both being charged with this. So they will get bail. It'll probably be pretty high bail, and they'll have quite a few restrictions and i think that that's a good thing uh not that they're specifically getting bail but you know th these days everyone gets bail are just six child abuse charges for each woman oh my god th th these are very very extreme examples but the family vlogging universe is massive right there are families there are parents all over the country all over the world making this content day in and day out and they're pushing their kids are there any protections for them? Because, you know, in some aspects, yes, people say, no, this has turned into a great family business. But at the same time, these are children. This has been a huge... Right? The entertainment industry has all sorts of laws yes. to protect children yes. who are paid actors. But when it's a parent and the kids aren't getting paid, but they're the product... Who's protecting them? That's the real question here. Who is protecting these children? This is an unregulated industry. Some people still refer to it as the Wild West. There are no regulations in place. For example, in Hollywood, there's the Coogan Law, which means that a child will get a portion of the money that they made when they turn 18. That doesn't exist on YouTube. There's no law protecting a child that means they're going to get any of the income, that they're going to be protected. They're on 24-7. These kids are forced to work on these channels 24-7. And by work, some of the parents, I think, can, can validate in their head or, or say, you know, my my child enjoys YouTube. They like being on YouTube. I'm I'm making a ton of money and I'm giving them a beautiful life, but the child can't consent okay, to Okay, but isn't this crazy? Child labor laws don't protect these children. Exactly. Because they're not getting paid anything right. for the work that they're doing because the parents are going, it's not work, it's just our lifestyle. Exactly. And You know, guys, it's just like um, years ago, uh, I think the um, great media person, Marshall McLuhan said, that television is a vast wasteland. And I think now the same thing can be said about social media and the internet, that it's a vast wasteland and it's largely unregulated. So there's a lot of wackos out there. Look, I mean, when you look at YouTube, 
you know, look at all the different channels. Look at all the different content creators. And I'm not saying to silence anyone, but, you know, the, I guess the audience has to dictate who they listen to, what they want. But again, people can say things and do things uh, on the internet that, for example, here's a woman that had two and a half million subscribers using her children uh, as, as an industry. And, and there's her husband to the right there. And again, I don't give him a free pass on this at all. I think that uh, he has some he has some liability in this. I think he's going to have to give some answers in this because because she kicked him out. Does that mean that uh, he didn't he did nothing? What does does that mean that? Um, I'm just I'm just wondering. Does that mean that? Sorry, guys. A little, a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a mistake there. I don't know what's going on. Um, technical difficulty. I think I'm back on. Uh, hopefully, in real time right now. It seems like it's something lulled. Uh, There we go. Sorry, guys. I, I actually hit the wrong button. And here I, I'm, I was trying to show some video of of, um, of um, Ruby Frankie and the fact that she made her son. Um, she, she made her son sleep on a beanbag. I believe it was for um, a protracted period of time. And. Um, it just shows it's really a crazy thing. And let me put this on the screen. It was, <laughs> Chad didn't get any room. Mm -hmm. He didn't, he didn't get anything. He was sleeping on the floor in the family room. Resurfaced videos from disgraced YouTuber Ruby Frankie are now making the rounds, showing what critics call a pattern of abuse that stretches over multiple years. Videos Frankie herself posted describe her controversial parenting style, like forcing her teenage son to sleep on a beanbag for months or refusing to drop her then six-year-old daughter's lunch off at school. These videos posted years before she was arrested and charged with aggravated child abuse. And hopefully... Hopefully nobody gives her food and nobody steps in and gives her a lunch. Both Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, were arrested on August 30th after Frankie's 12-year-old son broke free out of duct tape from Hildebrandt's home and rushed to a neighbor for help. 911, the address of your emergency. Tell me exactly what's happened. I just had a 12-year-old boy show up here at my front door asking for help. 
It happened in the small community of Ivins, Utah, about four hours south of Salt Lake City. Frankie and Hildebrand's self-help parenting and brand spread farther than just the state of Utah, though, as the pair created parenting advice videos for viewers across the country. Our whole life's goal is to make our kids happy. And most of the time we're trying to make our kids happy. What we're actually doing is being in distortion and inviting them into a controlling dynamic. Frankie was also behind the now defunct Eight Passengers YouTube channel that once had more than 2 million subscribers. It's now been deactivated. Eve has been amazingly well behaved for being in town. Why for you like... yelled at me? <laughs> look, at, look at how phony that is. The kid spurts out, you yelled at me, and she tries to act like, oh, oh my God. Oh, not me. Shh. The fact that I yell at my kids is a secret. We don't want our viewers to know. When first responders arrived to the scene near Hildebrandt's home last week, they found Frankie's 12-year-old son emaciated with duct tape around his wrists and ankles. This kid has obviously been... I think he's been... He's been detained. He's been... He's obviously covered in wounds. Right, we need the cops here as soon as possible. While investigating a nearby home, officials found additional children in the same condition. Four children were taken to the Department of Child and Family Services, and both Frankie and Hildebrandt were taken into custody, eventually charged with six counts of aggravated child abuse. Hey, 314, the uh, wounds on his leg are pretty... Pretty good. You know, folks, I don't know Utah, but to me, uh, that looks like a you know two or three million dollar home there. So this is not an unsuccessful or a uh, middle class. This is an affluent family. Look at that house, and this goes on in all kinds of uh, economic brackets: poor, middle class, rich. Alex five eleven three fourteen medical gonna. Transport him to the, his wounds are in need of immediate care. But this isn't the first time Ruby Frankie's name has made headlines, specifically around alleged child abuse. In 2020, the mother of six posted a video to her YouTube page titled, What We Haven't Told You. In the video, she explained her teenage son, Chad, had been sleeping on a beanbag for months. I've been sleeping on a beanbag since <laughs> October. And they gave my room back like two weeks ago. During the video, Frankie had her son explain why the privilege of a bedroom was taken away. Oh, I'll give you the reason why I lost my bedroom. I think so. I think this is the reason. At least this is the reason that's been in my head. It's pretty funny, but now that I look back, I mean, it's pretty depressing. No, we never told our viewers. That I woke Russell up at 2 in the morning and told him that we're going to Disneyland and he has to pack. <laughs> and he got up and made his bed all neatly and then packed all his clothes in the suitcase. And then he walked out the door and I'm like, Russell, he's like, what? And he's all happy. Has his sunglasses on. Chad goes on to explain he told his brother it was a joke before pulling another prank on him. I was like, we're not going to Disneyland. <laughs> he started crying and hitting me. And then he went back to bed in tears. And then So that that was that was not the reason you lost your room, but that was well, the other reason is because I pointed a BB gun at his face. Pointed a BB gun at his face and hung him on the basketball. <laughs> 
Frankie then stepped in, explaining why she felt her decision to take away her son's bedroom was justified. Chad showed that he was not able to manage himself sharing a bedroom with Russell. So when we moved, um, the bigger room in the basement was automatically his, and I didn't have a room, but we, like, put one on hold for me. So a lot of you are like, hey, that's not fair because Chad got the bigger the lesser bedroom and Russell got the, the bigger bedroom. bedroom. <laughs> Russell got the big bedroom and Chai got the, the smaller bedroom smaller. and Russell's bigger bedroom also had a bathroom. But what you guys didn't know was <laughs> Chad didn't get any room. He mm -hmm. didn't, he didn't get anything. He was sleeping on the floor in the family room and he just got the bedroom back. And it's because he's shown up consistently without bullying the kids Throughout this same video, Frankie boasts that many of her children have been without their cell phones for months. Chad hasn't had a flip phone, a smartphone, any kind of phone, and it's been over a year. Mm -hmm. And um, I still have no intention of returning a phone. Abby, we took the phone away from Abby November. Um, in November. Oh, and and you, may, you may never get the phone back. Probably not. Frankie then tells viewers this choice affects her just as much as it affects her children. When you make these choices with your family to take things away, as a parent, you really do want them to have these things. And it's been so, so, so difficult to take a phone away, to take a bedroom away, to take. This is just absolutely scary. Uh, and I think that um, this will be used as evidence against her because she's definitely based on what I'm seeing here, to me, this is an unfit mother. I don't think there's anyone in my chat, the uh, police off the cuff followers that would say, oh, this is, she's a great mother, you know? Folks, this is police off the cuff, real crime stories. If you like police, real crime, true crime from a police perspective, then you're in the right place. And if you're not subscribed, I didn't see that many new people. There's some new people here, but if you're not subscribed, go on our YouTube, it's free. Hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and ring that bell. And if you want to support us uh, financially, we have a Patreon with three different levels, and we also have a YouTube channel membership with, count them, five different levels. And you see the folks in the green font, they're part of our YouTube uh, family, and we really appreciate all you guys that support the police off the cuff, real crime stories. This this is uh, a really horrific video and i almost this this will anyone that sees this if she takes this case to trial i think i believe she's in real deep trouble one more thing in my house <laughs> i'm going to take the scissors look at me and i'm going to cut its head off God, I will be so the Utah mom, known for her YouTube channels, in jail, accused of abusing her own children. Now one of her family members is joining us and claims abuse runs through generations of her family. Welcome to Law & Crime Sidebar Podcast. I'm Anjanette Levy. Ruby Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, will be in court this Friday to face charges of child abuse. Frankie, as we've been telling you, had a YouTube channel called Eight Passengers that featured her family and some of her parenting techniques, which concerned many, many people who watched. And neighbors had also expressed concern for some time about the children. One quoted as saying they feared the kids would come out of the home in body bags at some point. After Eight Passengers shut down, 
She founded Connections with Hildebrandt to offer counseling for parents. Here's a little bit of Ruby Frankie in one of her videos. And my kids are literally starving. I hesitate to say this because it's going to sound like I'm like a mean barbarian, but I told the kids, I said, I'm not even going to let you eat breakfast until you get your chores done. Joining me to discuss the allegations of abuse is a family member of Ruby Frankie. She would like us to refer to her as Sally. This family member of Ruby Frankie's asked that we hide her face, disguise her voice, and not use her real name to protect her identity. She said speaking out about her experience makes her fear for her safety. Sally, thanks so much uh, for joining us today. We know that this is a difficult sure. thing to discuss, uh, but we appreciate you making the time. It's very, very hard. <laughs> very hard. I want to start out with... Um, First of all, your reaction, you were feeling when you heard that Ruby Frankie had been charged with child abuse. I'm not shocked. Um, you know, if you've been through the kind of things that I've been through, it's not a shock at all. Um, I guess the direction in which it went was not what I expected, but from which it came was to be expected. What do you mean the direction? Uh, could you be a little more, could you explain what you mean by that? It's hard to say anything without getting, I suppose I wasn't expecting some of the details in that story to line up with some of the details in my, my own family history. I guess is what I'm trying to say, um, quite as well as it did. Well, uh, my mother uh, handcuffed my, my sisters when they were young and a lack of food um, wasn't uncommon, um, but it wasn't out of a lack necessarily of money. There were, there was a time when it could have been prevented, but it wasn't. Uh, the lack of food, I mean, and the, the handcuffing, uh, that happened to my family too, with my own mother. Your mother handcuffed your siblings and you? Luckily I was not, but the other the others were there's been a recording released by police and you can hear them talking you can hear talk about people being duct taped children having duct tape on them has that ever happened to you or your siblings all i can say is that my mother did duct tape my siblings um but i haven't heard anything specific being talked about before before that it was my siblings who told me that it happened. Um, I didn't hear the 911 dispatch call. Uh, this is the first time I've ever heard of that, but I'm not shocked. When was the last time you saw Ruby? When I was very young and yeah, it was a long time ago. Uh, you, you know, I just want to ask you guys and some of the, some of you folks that are from uh, maybe from Utah, maybe from this, is this a cultural thing? 
And I don't want to, again, I don't want to point towards religion because people get crazy, but there seems to be a lot of this going on there. And um, as I stated earlier, sometimes within certain religions, they encourage their members when there are things that are wrong or against the law, not to report it to the police, but to report it to the church or to the elders, or in the case in New York City of Hasidic Jews, they have them reported to the Grand Rebbe, and he is like, you know, the arbiter of all things. And even when there's illegal things happening within that religion, they will be encouraged not to go to the police, but to, in fact, report it to the, to the elders, which would be the Grand Rebbe. But is the same thing happening in this church and is that why it's taking so long for these things to be reported i can't understand how this happened how this wasn't reported for so long how it took so long to take action that's what i'm having a problem with is there anyone out there that wants to uh come forward and and, and enlighten us because i don't um uh Yay, 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 Kelly. Oh, is that Yaya Kelly? That's why I'm Utah clergy are not mandated reporters. Well, clergy is supposed to be um, mandated reporters. Elaine Campbell, religion equals cult equals ecumenical movement. Uh, maybe the churches attract mean people. Karen N007, exactly, Bill. Um, you know, I don't, in, sitting where I'm sitting, I don't want to point, just say uh, the religion's bad. I'm not going to say that, but I've seen this happen before in other religions where they hold back and they try to handle things. You've heard that expression, let's handle it in-house, you know. Uh, Julia Hewitt, need to get some laws against church control over families. I dislike all religion. It's nothing but trouble. Uh Someone just soldier girl. I ain't no detective bill, but I think she hid behind certain protections. Soldier girl, I think you're right. I think you're very much right. And oh, someone asked in the chat before who took away her YouTube channel. Well, ultimately it was YouTube, but it took a while and probably many, many complaints for them to take the channel away. So it's, you know, as I said, uh, Yaya Kelly, since the Boy Scout scandals, they made legislation that does not require clergy to report. Hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, but, you know, this went on for way, way too long. Uh, Pearl Althaus, I'm sorry I used to be Mormon, but after seeing these last two cases about Mormons, I really don't want to be a Mormon anymore. I'm leaving the church. This is just too damn disgusting for me so then you guys are pointing it at the church that uh margarita horvath we have seen this too many times jehovah witnesses she goes to elders they say no divorce and she was murdered by her husband uh jacqueline johnston manifested good to see you in my family we were grounded and sent to bed early irish italian family Yes, I mean, 
But, you know, to withhold food from someone to the point that they have malnutrition, that's beyond missing a meal. You know, you're not having dinner tonight because you're, you're being punished. That's a little different. Timely manner, Catholic priests have been known to do the same thing of simply moving them to another parish. Yes, look, we acknowledged last week when I was on with Melanie. In fact, Melanie had a huge case with her law firm against the archdiocese in, in, uh, involving uh, priest pedophilia. And so, yes, this is a huge problem. And uh, we don't know the scope of it. Uh, Tara TJ, Bill, monetary gain. I'm not sticking up for this evil, evil cow. There is monetary gain only on single parents. Uh, soldier girl, she's definitely off her rocker. Yeah, I mean, you guys uh, use some pretty good, <laughs> pretty good lingo to describe uh, what's going on. Uh, she's off her rocker. Yeah, I think that... Um, you know, what's, what's the term we use when we want to use a euphemism for that? She has issues, right? She has issues. Helen, the Scottish Lama, we got grounded. I'm a UK military child, and I was undiagnosed autistic ADHD at the time, so added fun. Kelly Gallagher, you never really know what's going on behind closed doors in your neighbor's house. Yikes. But you can see and you can be a reporter. Trent Stanley, the hills have feelings, let alone eyes. They must be blind now by seeing all the chaos and destruction that mankind carries everywhere they go and seek. Uh, you know, guys, yeah, this is just, it, it potentially could have been much, much worse. But, you know, that doesn't uh, solve any problems. Are we, are we there yet? The fact that as a society, we have accepted these cults into our midst. is horrifying, especially considering it always seems to be about the money nearly every time. Yeah, follow the money. That's what they always say. Follow the money. Everything's about money. When people say, it's not about the money, it's about the money, you know. In Greek community, we have no chance to starve your children, especially if you do it publicly. Katerina Frodlova. Your name sounds Russian, uh, Katerina. Is it Russian? Um, uh, Michael, good evening, Sergeant Bill. We only know what has been discovered so far. Hold on to your hats once it goes to trial. That's that's absolutely true. Uh, folks, um, I'm going to do a quick commercial for Joe Murray. Folks, if you're looking for a great attorney in New York City metropolitan area, then Joe Murray is your man. Joe Murray is a retired member of the service, NYPD police officer. You can catch him on his cell phone at 718-514-3855. Email him at joe at jmurray-law.com. He's got a website, joe at jmurray-law.com. He's also a tremendous supporter of the Police Off the Cuff podcast. So, guys, on September 21st, of course, um, Ruby Frankie is going to be up. Give a ballpark on the number of years. Over 15. More than 15 years ago. That's the yes. last time you saw Ruby. Yes. I know you want to, you know, protect your identity. There is a relation here. I mean, you're related to her. Yeah. Would you consider yes. yourself a distant relative? No. So 
what is the family's reaction, your family's reaction to Ruby being arrested and charged with child abuse? Much the same as mine. Um, I'm trying to form the words. I guess. Disgust. Because this is something that is multi-generational. So my, I am very privy to the way that I was treated and the way that my siblings were treated. And so to see that further on down the line is not shocking, but disgusting. And that would be there uh, along the ballpark of, of what they feel too. Do you feel that Ruby and your mother learned this from their parents or where do you think they came up with this type of thing? Handcuffing, the duct taping, the withholding of food. Where do you think they got that? Oh, speaking a metaphor. I'll just say that the whole tree from the bottom of the roots to the tips of the branches, the whole tree is blighted. This is multi-generational. So suppose you'd have to read in between the lines with that. So from their parents, your grandparents, you believe that they learned this behavior? Yeah, I do. Ruby is Mormon. I assume yeah. you were raised in the Mormon faith as well. Heavily, yes. So Mormons do not condone harming children, abusing children. I don't really know of any religion that does. Do you feel that they talk about religion in a way to almost justify the abuse? Yeah. Uh, it's been a while since I've read the Enzyme. It's been a while since I've read through the Book of Mormon and been to church. But I, I, I can't give any specifics, but I, I do feel and believe that those sorts of things are used to justify so tell me, um, if you would, you, you talked about your siblings being handcuffed. So folks, you could see this looks like a, uh, a systemic thing that's been around for a while within this family, but it is, is it in the larger family of this community, of this religious community? And again, I don't want to point fingers at that because I will take a beating if I blame a religion, but I have to raise the question. Uh, Helen, the Scottish Lama, so I've been classified as a vulnerable adult, and 10 years ago I had an issue with mom. Police got called. I ended up on the police database as vulnerable, and social work was told I already had a carer. I'm not sure if that's the correct. Um, with this case, though, I think it's going to get into the religious aspect of this. And I think to cover up and all that other stuff, we're going to learn a lot of things uh, with the cover up of this. And uh, I, I, I think it's the whole thing is just a systemic thing. It didn't happen yesterday. It didn't happen the day before. It's been around for a while, you know, and uh, that's the scary part of this, that uh, it's it's. You know, and, and I wonder about also the husband in this situation. Um, 
I, I, you know, let me play a little bit of this and then we'll get to the we get to the bottom of this here. 2015, it was all about the couple and their children and their lives. Very popular. I believe it had over 2 million subscribers. It focused on parenting and homeschooling. And it was interesting because Frankie and her husband are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And she also appeared on videos with her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, who founded a life counseling organization known as Connections, previously known as Moms of Truth. Here's a snippet. Welcome back to Connections. I'm Ruby Frankie. I'm Jody Hildebrand. And today is part three of a series that we are doing all about empowering you as parents. You are not going to get this kind of empowerment. You're not going to give this kind of permission anywhere else. And so today we are going to be talking about where we left off, which is, am I a controlling parent? Am I a hovering helicopter parent? Am I a Karen? Those are terms that have been put out there by people who are fearful of control. If you have a perception, you know, my son comes home and says, so-and-so was bullying me and I am a parent that I, I don't know about principles of truth. I may go to, well, I'm going to protect, protect them mm -hmm. and I'm going to go over and where's that kid that hit you? And I'm going to go hit him. I've seen parents do that. Or I'm going to go to the school and demand that my child is no longer in the same class, no longer in the same school with this particular person. And, you know, depending on what the kid did, that might be absolutely reasonable. And Jody Hildebrandt has also been arrested and charged with these same crimes. Well, now newly released documents provide more context of what happened here. And I want to go through what we think are six details, six really disturbing details from these documents. So let me bring in a very special guest right now to talk a little bit more about this. I'm joined by former FBI agent and attorney Bobby Chacon. Bobby, thank you so much for taking the time and coming back here on Sidebar. We always appreciate it. Great to be here, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right, let's start with number one, the affidavit of probable cause. So we're going to start with, this is the first one, RF, who is this 12-year-old boy, Climbed, this is what it says, it climbed out of, he climbed out of the window of an Ivan's residence, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Ivan's residence, belonging to Jody Hildebrandt, and ran to a neighbor's home. RF knocked on the door requesting food and water. The neighbor observed duct tape on RF's ankles and wrists and contacted law enforcement. Upon arrival, law enforcement observed the wounds and the malnourishment of RF to be severe, and he was transported to the St. George Regional Hospital. RF was placed on a medical hold due to his deep lacerations from being tied up with rope and from his malnourishment. Now, Bobby, we knew some of those details or, or had an idea of those details before this came out. This, I think, crystallized it even more. What's your take on it? Yeah, this is, it sounds like a, you know, a firsthand account of the responding officers when they got to the neighbor's house who called the police and they see this child, they start questioning the child. You know, the neighbor clearly saw the duct tape and clearly knew there was a problem. Um, and kudos to the neighbor for calling the police. You know, sometimes neighbors can be reluctant to do that. They might try to return the child to the home. And, and thank goodness in this case, the neighbors saw enough of what looked like disturbing evidence on the child of abuse um, that they called the police. The police saw the abuse and um, and, and and took action, um, thankfully, in this case, because it could have ended up a lot worse. All right. We want to thank Morgan & Morgan, the largest injury law firm in America, for sponsoring this video. Now, I know what you're thinking, right? Nourished 
initially refused medical treatment, but after approximately four hours, EF agreed that Jody Hildebrandt was found to be uh, in the direct care of, um, of, of her. And uh, she was determined to be malnourished. Um, she was taken to the St. George Regional Hospital. So you have another child who was kept in similar condition. What does that tell you uh, that we have now multiple victims? Well, it's a pattern of behavior that, that I would anticipate if there are more children in that household, there are more abuse. I think each child is being abused. I mean, we do sometimes see one child out of a number of children being abused specifically. But in this case, you know, much like the Turpin case that happened actually out here on California, not from far from where I live, you have multiple children all being abused in similar fashion. Um, and what tells me, you know, when, when you say that the four hours that it took the cops to convince this kid, you know, to kind of be honest and say who's taking yeah. care of you, um, the parents have a hold over these kids. They have that kind of, you know, uh, influence over the kid and he didn't want to admit it. And so that makes these cases even tougher, thankfully. For the 12-year-old you mentioned earlier, the first victim that actually escaped the house and went yeah. into a neighbor's. Um, you know, so how, how long has this been abuse been going on? You know, and, 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 and it's a pattern of abuse. Um, if there are more children in that house, I would expect to find similar abuse on those children as well. So, folks, uh, amazing, amazing that uh, this had gone on for so long. We're going to keep following this case and uh, give you the updates. The next court appearance is uh, September 21st, where there's a good chance that Ruby and Jody will be bailed. And where do they go from there? So we're going to keep following this case. This case is a really horrific case of, 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 of child abuse. And uh, it's what can happen uh, when people don't report it in a timely fashion. This should have been stopped a while ago. And again, I, I don't let the husband who apparently uh, was thrown out of the house by Ruby, I don't give him a free pass either. He knew what was going on and he should have stepped in in a more forceful way than than he did. So, folks, again, if you're not subscribed to us, go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up and ring that bell. But that's our show for today. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. This is uh, Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories, and uh, I'll see you guys soon. Have a great weekend, and God bless. One episode, just